welcome to the Living Worship Podcast. This is Pastor Cameron at Jonesville Baptist Church. Um, last time that uh, we got together, we were talking about Gideon and his um, call into uh, ministry. He acted um, very timid. He was a coward. He questioned God at about every opportunity. Um, but in the midst of that, you know, God was faithful uh, in the midst of his cowardice, in the midst of his um, hiding. God still did what he was responsible for, and God showed a lot of patience and mercy uh, to Gideon in the midst of all of his questions and the way that he tested God, um, and the way that Jesus talked about um, us possibly testing God is that, well, don't do it, and he actually quotes from Deuteronomy uh, when he says it in the book of Matthew, but we're getting back to Gideon this week. We're in Judges chapter 7, and if you remember when the angel of the Lord, um, whom I believe to be uh, Jesus, you know, before he was born, um, showing up. Uh, we get back to Gideon in chapter 7, and this angel had said that Gideon was this valiant warrior, which of course, as we saw, he wasn't yet, but he's getting there. And so in chapter 7, we're going to pick it up, we're going to read the whole thing. Um, it says in verse 1, Jeroboam, that is Gideon, remember Jeroboam is his nickname, you know, God butt-kicker, Right? Jeroboam and all the troops who were with him got up early and camped beside the spring of Herod. All right. So after his, um, <laughs> after him tearing down the statue um, that his father had built to honor Baal, after he tore that down, God um, gave him this um, army of troops. And, and Gideon tested the Lord a few times with a fleece. Go back and read it. We didn't cover it last week. But it's important to know. And he keeps testing God in that way. But God has given them this huge group of people, this army, that he's supposed to take out um, the Midianites with. So the camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Moray, in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, this is verse 2, You have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them, or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, I saved myself. Now announce to the troops... Whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the troops turned back, but 10,000 remained. So there are 32,000 guys, plus Gideon, and God says, If any of them are afraid, let them go home. So more than half, way more than half, decided, Yep, we're going home. See you later, Gideon. Right? 22,000 left. He's left with 10,000 people. Is that enough to take on the Midianites? Well, see, it's not just the Midianites that are camped over in this valley. It's also the Amalekites and the Ketamites who had all joined together in this alliance to take out Israel once and for all. So the Lord said to Gideon, verse 4, There are still too many troops. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. So he brought the troops down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog, and do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. The number of those who laughed with their hands to their mouths was three hundred men, and all the rest of the troops knelt to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the three hundred men who laugh and hand the Midianites over to you, but everyone else is to go home. So Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 troops who took the provisions and their ram's horns. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So the guys who got on all fours and decided to stick their faces in the water had to go home. 
And the guys who like cupped the water with their hands and lapped it out of their hands, kind of like a dog would lap from a dog bowl, those guys got to stay. And there were only 300 of them. Go figure. This is the real 300. I don't know if you've seen the movie. I, I haven't. I've heard good things about it. I know the general story about you know the, the Spartans and the Battle of Thermopylae. This is not that, but this is the true, this is the first story of the 300, okay? And these guys, as we're going to see in a minute, did not even have weapons. And they win. You know, God's ways sometimes don't make sense to us. You know, if you were to be the one to lead a military attack, you would probably want as many soldiers as you could probably get, right? You'd probably want all the best equipment. You'd probably want plenty of time to plan and strategize. And Gideon gets none of those things here. None of those things. This, this timid, cowardly man is put in charge of 32,000 people and God tells him, yeah, it's not enough. And then he tells him again, it's still too much. And he's left with 300 guys. You know, oftentimes God brings us to a point of weakness so that we can't take credit for what he does. Look back at verse 2, where God says, essentially, I don't want you to ever say, I saved myself. God wants the glory and the credit for the salvation he brings in your life, whether that's physical deliverance or spiritual deliverance. God should get the credit and the glory. And so he brings us to the point where we can't take credit for what happened because the credit entirely belongs to him. All right, let's continue in verse 9. It says, That night the Lord said to Gideon, Get up and attack the camp, for I have handed it over to you. But if you are afraid to attack the camp, go down with Purah, your, your servant. Listen to what they say, and then you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outpost of the troops who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and Malachites and all the people of the east had settled down in the valley like a swarm of locusts, and their camels were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon arrived, there was a man telling his friend about a dream. And he said, Listen, I had a dream of a loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, struck a tent, and it fell. The loaf turned the tent upside down so that it collapsed. His friend answered, "There is nothing. This is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has handed the entire Midianite camp over to him. So even though God has given Gideon every opportunity to completely trust, Gideon is still pretty new at this whole faith thing. And notice that God does not act impatiently with Gideon. Even though Gideon should be responding in total faith, oftentimes our sinful natures, right, they take over and uh, we're still surrendered to that somewhat and we have a hard time trusting that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. And it's not because of anything wrong on God's part, something that he hasn't done. It's, it's us. I mean, we're the problem. We have obst spiritual obstacles that we have to overcome and God responds in patience and with understanding. And so for Gideon, he gives Gideon the opportunity to, to sneak down and listen to a dream that God gave the enemy. And in this dream, God tells the enemy that they're, they're about to be wiped out and that Gideon is going to be responsible. And also notice they know who Gideon is. I mean, Gideon's um, 
bringing down of the, the idol has probably only been at least a week ago. It's not been that long. And, and so his name is getting around. In these other cultures, remember, the Israelites are taking cues from these other nations. And so they would have been worshiping Baal also. And so for Gideon to do that, like his name is getting around and either they're afraid of him or they're mad at him or probably a lot of both, right? So Gideon is encouraged when he hears this because he knows he's not just hearing things. It's not his own thoughts. This is actually the Lord of the universe, the creator of everything, giving him the responsibility and enabling him to do what he's supposed to do against Midian, like, and to have this victory. So what does that mean for us? Okay, so um, God is patient understanding with us, too, when we don't have total faith in his plan, especially when we don't have the long experience with him yet as new Christians. So what does he do then? He provides the Bible. He gives us people and opportunities for us to learn to trust him. The key is that as Christians, new or experienced, the key is that we will want to trust him. And when we really want to have that trust and we want to have that more faith that we need, he gives us what we need to get there. And that that looks differently in every situation according to every person because every person is uniquely created and will respond to different things in different ways. But God will give you what you need when you need to have that more faith. As long as you have that want to, that motivation, that God, I have faith, but give me more. I need more faith. When you have that attitude, man, God is going to give you the opportunity. So let's see what happens. So we're going to go down to verse 15. It says, when Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to Israel's camp and said, get up. For the Lord has handed the Midianite camp over to you. Then he divided the three hundred men into three companies and gave each of the men a ram's horn in one hand and an empty pitcher with a torch inside it in the other hand. Watch me, he said to them, and do what I do. And when I come to the outpost of the camp, do as I do. And when I and everyone with me blow our ram's horns, you are also to blow your ram's horns all around the camp. And then you will say, for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the 300 men who were with him went to the outposts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch after the sentries had been stationed. They blew their ram's horns and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. The three companies blew their ram's horns and shattered their pitchers. They held their torches in their left hands and their ram's horns to blow in their right hands. And they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each Israelite took his position around the camp and the entire Midianite army began to run. And they cried out as they fled. When Gideon's men blew their three hundred ram's horns, the Lord caused the men and the whole army to turn on each other with their swords. They fled to the Acacia house in the direction of Zerera, as far as the border of Abel Meloa near Tabath. Then the men of Israel were called from Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh, and they pursued the Midianites. So Gideon responded to the Lord by giving the enemy dreams. Well, Gideon responded with worship like physical bowing down worship. And he responded with total obedience. And also notice that after Gideon and the rest of the 300 
were obedient in how God asked them to handle this battle, God did most of the work because he caused the enemy to attack each other. The army of 300 didn't even have weapons. And yet, God enabled them to have victory. And so, most of this massive army that was coming against Israel destroyed itself. And the ones who got away, three tribes of Israel pursued them and then put them to the sword. And it was over. Now, what follows in Gideon's life, we'll cover next week. And I'll warn you, spoilers, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but right here, Gideon is doing it right. And we can learn from his example that even when God's plan doesn't make sense, we still have to follow it because he's got the bird's eye view. And he knows what's best. So here's some three points I want to leave you with before we go today. Number one, even when we don't know how to trust God, understand that God is still trustworthy. The issue is not with God having to prove himself to us, we have to choose to trust in him because he's already shown that he's trustworthy. The second point is even when we don't know what to do, he always does. Gideon, on his own, would not have been able to make a good battle plan to take on this massive army. He would have lost, even with all 32,000 people. But God knew exactly what to do So that the enemy could be totally destroyed. So that Israel would not lose a single person. And so that God would get the credit and the glory for all of it. And the third point. For us today, God gives us the Bible. So that we can learn throughout the course of thousands of years. How God has shown that he's trustworthy. How God has shown that he loves us. And is worth putting our, our faith in. God has given us spiritual people who have these long experiences of trusting and having faith in God. And probably even experiences where they didn't. And we can learn from those people from good and bad examples of how we should conduct our own lives. And how we should have faith and trust in God. And God gives us both good and bad experiences. To highlight for us, to show us, once and for all, first-hand knowledge that he is worthy of worship, he is worthy of all of our trust, and he is worthy of our full obedience. Well, that's it for today. Uh, thank you for joining us for the Living Worship uh, podcast. Um, I love doing this for y'all. Um, if you've got any questions or, or any comments, you know, shoot me an email. I would love to hear about it. Cameron at jonesvillebaptist.com. And uh, I'll Talk to you again soon. Praying for you this week. Bye. Yeah.